Welcome everyone live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You are listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Nyalweth and my co-hosts today are Sarah, Nathan, Nubin and Michael. And our special guest today is Andrew. Hi Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. So me and my co-workers were arguing about your last name before. Because um, he's also Vietnamese, uh, yeah. he said that Lee um, Le. L, Le yeah. is spelled Le. Le, yeah. Yeah. yeah, not Lee. <laughs> he's actually half right, uh, or he's right, sorry. In Vietnamese it's pronounced Le, but uh, through the Western uh, side of things, it's Lee. Yeah, so you're both right. Yeah. <laughs> so Andrew Le, I'm Michael, <laughs> and uh, Michael Le as well. And uh, I'm just wondering, like, how is it? Like, how is it to be a paramedic? Is it fascinating? Uh, yeah, look, um, it's, a, it's certainly a very interesting job. Um, it's a very thrilling job. Um, it comes with its challenges. Mm -hmm. um, like any other workspace, I think it comes with its intricacies as well. But certainly being a paramedic, certainly for me over the last 10 years, um, it's been very interesting, very rewarding. Um, mm -hmm. And I certainly recommend it for those who are, uh, are looking into the field um, to doing, of doing it. Um, it's it's a, it's a, it's a certainly a job, uh, like many can others say about their job, but about this one, um, close to next to none. It's a it's a very interesting job. Um, what process did it uh, take to become a paramedic? Look, um, look, it's uh, it's been a little over ten years now, but uh, I think that there's some subtle changes since then. Um, but certainly, um, for what I am aware, finishing year twelve. Um, and it's a bachelor's degree that it's been offered about uh, at a couple of uh, different universities today. Um, and completing a three-year bachelor's degree um, and then attaining a job with the ambulance service, um, in this case, Ambulance Victoria, which is where I, who I work for. Um, there's a couple of, also a couple of uh, non-direct routes as well. Um, in that you don't have to finish university, you can do a, a, a graduate's uh, diploma um, certificate as well, um, and, and 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 sort of do a bit of a bridging course to get through the bachelor's course. But in the end, a bachelor's course to get your degree, and then applying for the ambulance service is how I got into Ambulance Victoria. Interesting. Hi, I'm Nubin. Uh, my question is, what inspired you to become a paramedic? Um, yeah, look, uh, for me anyway, it's certainly um, a case of understanding who I was and, and, and um, I guess my strengths, uh, knowing my strengths and, 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 and recognising my weaknesses. And at the time um, when I was here at Braybrook College, um, again over 10 years ago, um, it was just me wanting to find an occupation that... Um, was not just going to be business hours, it was not just going to be behind a desk all day long. Um, I had a particular interest in science as well, which is a couple of the subjects that I was doing. And um, I guess together with the career counselling that the school offered, um, it was just putting on the table what was going to um, tick those boxes. And I think that this occupation at the time um, was the line of best fit. And uh, it certainly turned out to be 10 years later. Mm. So do you first try to become a paramedic now? Do you have any regret or sometimes you feel it's hard? Uh, regrets? Um, I think the regrets is, is probably not so much there. It's more about the unknown of what I, or how far or how successful I could have been in other areas. But certainly entering this occupation um, from day one till now, I can happily and proudly say that um, there's been no regrets whatsoever. It's mm. been um, a very career satisfying job. Um, 
you know, coupled with its highs and lows, um, it's certainly a very rewarding job being able to make a difference um, to the community and, and, and to our patients as well. Um, it's something that, um, you know, we're very proud to be part of. Um, we imagine one of the challenging moments is when you lose someone. How do you deal with the loss? Yeah, look, um, that's a pretty packed question there. Um, I think we need to acknowledge that the process of end of life is is an extremely extensive um, and complicated process, if you like. Um, but to answer your question, um, you know, we do come across that um, on our daily basis sometimes. Um, it's an unfortunate case, but it's also a case that we need to recognise that it is part of life and some of it is normal. And so us as first responders, sometimes seeing those cases um, is certainly tough. It's tough on everyone, uh, but we, we're really good at, you know, training our, 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 um, our staff and, and, and um, you know, we've got a lot of support mechanisms in place. We've got a lot of counselling services within the organisation. And then outside of that as well, um, you know, your personal, um, you know, support networks that you have and you've developed is also very important. So there are some of the things that I'd probably turn to at any time I face those challenging moments, such as a loss of life um, that, that comes a part of the job, but, um, but also, um, you know, we, we can deal with it professionally. So do you think most of people might get trauma if working in the medical industry, like after a while? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, certainly not unknown. Um, the statistics show that uh, post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome that, that comes associated with, with, with these cases and certainly a repetitive exposure to it. Um, you know, does can cause people to become uh, or experience traumatic experiences, but um, again, you know, through those networks, through those support uh, sort of mechanisms, and uh, being able to understand and recognise those symptoms and being able to openly speak about it does help them get through. Most of them get through, and then for those who require a bit of time, um, you know, they get afforded that time as well. Um, if you are just tuning in, you're listening to Braybrook Live on Life FM. From Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Nyalwet. My co-host today is Sarah, Nathan, Nubin, and Michael. And our special guest today is Andrew. Uh, I'm Sarah, and I was just wondering what will happen if a paramedic makes a mistake that will affect a patient's life. Wow, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think. Um, I answer you. I answer your question in a couple of parts. First part is that we get trained very well, and, and, and um, you know, through our training, we put through systematic ways of trying to avoid mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, we put in a lot of checkpoints and a lot of, um, you know, discussions and debriefs and simulations about, you know, trying to avoid those big clinical mistakes. But at the end of the day, um, and, and just to tackle your question, it is a human resourceful job. Um, unlike a lot of other jobs now that are turning to artificial intelligence, our job is not such. Um, and as a result, we're very prone or we can be prone to human errors. Um, and so therefore, um, a part of just, I guess, making sure that we're on top of our training um, and simulating the cases uh, when we get down time and during our own time um, 
you know, it's about accountability and recognition when those mistakes do come about, which they do. Um, and we've got a very specialised and trained um, department within our organisations to uh, investigate, review, provide the support that, that both parties need if whenever a mistake, um, a clinical mistake has been made. Um, and, and, and that's just a, a fact of, of, of healthcare and it's something that does happen, but um, if it does, it's important to recognise that and be accountable to um, uh, the decisions that are all made at the time specific to the context. I heard that while people are usually very grateful to you being a paramedic, there are those who are quite aggressive. Um, how do you deal with that and does that affect your mental health? Um, Look, you're right, um, and I mean, just to get it out there, obviously, you know, the media is probably the factor that, that, that amplifies everything quite a bit, but unfortunately, uh, it is true that at times uh, we do get exposed to a couple of cases where, um, or situations whereby they're non-ideal, um, and look, you know, if I was to put a rough statistics out there, you know, 95% of patients are really grateful for our presence. Their sigh of relief when we get there is, uh, is, is actually the very rewarding um, part of the job or one of them. Um, but certainly to the minority of cases, you know, a lot of those cases are actually drugs and alcohol related, which is, you know, a, a problem that we have in all sorts of communities nowadays. And, and, and so therefore, you know, within that population, um, again, drug and alcohol is, is the biggest factor um, for that. And um, being able to understand how to de-escalate those patients, um, recognising um, our cues to remove ourselves from the uh, safety situation is part of what we get taught and what we train for as well. Um, so we look for those cases and try and keep us um, safe and our colleagues safe, which is the utmost priority, um, even in times where the patient's in need, um, it's safety first for us. How do you keep your skills as a paramedic fresh? Yeah, um, so look, um, it, that, that comes in an array of forms. We, 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 we train, we simulate, um, but a part of that now, uh, being a paramedic now, we're, we're registered as part of the Paramedicine Board of Australia, and as a result, um, we're required and mandated to um, keep our practices up. We need to keep our um, training hours and keep a log of that and submit it um, every year. Um, we need to oblige by the code of conduct that's been put out and meet the professional um, standards and the expectations that they put out on top of the workplace. And so therefore, through all that, um, it's certainly a motivator to ensure that we're on top of our game through a lot of training and rigorous processes um, of, of education. Uh, what are the laws and rules you have to follow as a paramedic? The laws, did you say? Laws and rules. Yeah, yeah um, I think like any other um, occupation, I think it comes with its professional standards. So being able to represent um, the, your employer in a professional way. Um, nowadays, there's a lot of social media um, restrictions as well. Mm -hmm. So um, ensuring that we act and we um, oblige by those uh, expectations. The privacy and confidentiality is something that um, is, is a huge element of our work as well, being in the healthcare sector, um, mm -hmm. dealing with patients vulnerable um, details and um, things like that, uh, it's something that needs to be with, treated with the utmost respect um, and, and certainly being accountable for your, uh, for your actions as well. Um, I can see in your bio it says team manager. Uh, what do you do as a team manager? Sure. Um, look, uh, I, I 
being a team manager, um, I guess you're being a, a leader uh, of, a, of, a, a, of a team, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm situated in one of the branches here in, uh, in the west side here up, up, up the road. And, and through that, it's just uh, being the leader of about 20, 30 staff members, um, being careful, uh, looking after their welfare, looking after their rostering, um, and then being also a clinical leader as well because I too uh, on road as well. And so I have that clinical component and just being, I guess, leading by example, um, uh, you know, the ways of, of being a paramedic and, and then showing some experience because we've got a relatively um, young cohort of staff now. So therefore just, um, I guess being yeah, being being a bit of a, a leader and demonstrating some of those um, those attributes uh, for some of the younger ones that are coming in. Um, what are the tips that you would give me because I want to study paramedic, and but I'm studying VCEVM, yep. which is I'm not doing VCE. Yeah. So what are the tips that you would give me to follow a paramedic path? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think the first part of it is probably being a, a generic approach to probably any occupation and anyone, any of the listeners here um, at the moment uh, gearing up uh, to look at their career paths is just being organised, um, doing your research, putting the effort in, putting the time in and, and just using the resources that are available to you. Sometimes they don't come, you, you know, you've got to go looking for it and certainly go and look for that. Find out the ways and how to uh, get to from point A to point B. Um, understanding the prerequisites that are, are needed. Um, in your case, for example, uh, for paramedics, um, irrespective of your, where you are at the moment, knowing that I need to attain, um, you know, finish off secondary school in whatever form that may be, understanding that whilst there is a direct and conventional way of getting to the bachelors of paramedics, but understanding there's also an alternative way as well. So under, knowing your options is what I'm getting at. Um, and, and really just putting the time and, and, and investment into knowing what the job uh, requires and trying to change your mind and, and um, work on your strengths and, and improving on, so work on your strengths and improve on your weaknesses um, to get you to where you need to be and, and uh, for that I hope you're all the best uh, to get into the, the occupation. Thank you for the advice. Thank you. Um, when you travel, um, so I know that you travel a lot since yeah. you're driving, well, ambulance around, yeah. um, is there like a limit to where you like are allowed to go? Um, you talking me working or, or is in like um, responding to a job? Uh, responding to a job. Yeah, look, there's in in some ways we're like an I guess like a the best comparison is probably like an Uber system now, uh -huh. whereby um, wherever we end up, we being the closest resource to that job, um, if a job comes up in the area. So um, that's pretty much how the dispatch works. Um, someone's got a big map uh, at the communication centre and then they know where we are, and uh, if the job comes up near there, we're it, um, and we're the closest um, resource there will be sent. Um, if you were to tell those young people who are just getting into paramedic studying, um, what the one advice that you would tell them about the, to mentally prepared for the job? Yeah. Um, I'll try hard to keep it to one. I don't think I can keep it to one, but I think in general it's a, it's a, it's just communicating, uh, openly speaking. Um, you're going to meet a lot of people and you're going to come across a lot of different people from different backgrounds in this particular job. Um, and so therefore, um, you know, if you haven't already got that sort of trait within you, trying to increase uh, your chances of interactions um, and just speaking to people, meeting people, um, would be at least one of the attributes that I'd say would go very a long, a long way to helping those wanting to um, get into the career. And that's all we have for today. Thank you.
Andrew Lee for being here today. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You have been listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name's Nyalweth, my co-hosts today are Sarah, Nathan, Nubin, and Michael. And, uh, and thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information interesting, useful, and until next time, have a great day. Thank you.